I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis as a podcast. Today, I'm uniting one of my very good friends, fashion stylist Peter Papapatru, with his career inspiration, the great Norma Kamali. Peter's one of our fashion contributors on my television show, and I thought, wouldn't it be great for him to get to chat with one person that really inspired him the most? So guess what? It happened. You know, Norma Kamali from her iconic pieces, like that sleeping bag coat. We talk about that. That did come up. You know, that iconic poster of Farrah Fawcett. That's a Norma Kamali bathing suit. Yeah, that goes way back. At 75 years old, she's also written a book about her amazing life and career called I Am Invincible. It's full of wisdom and secrets that everyone needs to hear. So let's get to it. Here we go with Norma Kamali. And he's got a crush on her, I have to tell you, Peter Papapatro. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I can't tell you enough what a big fan I am of yours. Notice I'm wearing one of your shirts. Of course you notice that. I absolutely am so lucky to still enjoy uh, having a creative life. And this this for sure um, exists 53 years later. And when I see... Anything I do on anybody, I'm very excited. It, sometimes I have to stop myself from chasing people down the street when I see them in my clothes. But <laughs> I'm very, I'm very good. I never say anything. I had a, a really great experience uh, a couple of years ago. I uh, saw this girl who probably was about eighteen, twenty, the most. And she, it was a spring day, it was really sunny in the morning, and she was walking towards me, and she had on this incredible skirt, and it really moved beautifully, and it was made out of a brown suede, and it was all whip-stitched, and as she got closer, I, chills went up my spine, because that was the very first piece of clothing I ever made for my store. And obviously, yeah. it got handed down, probably ended up in a, in a vintage store or something. And so I didn't say anything. Um, I was just, I, I knew it was mine immediately. And I remember that skirt because I put so much of my heart into it. It was the first piece that I was actually going to sell and here's this girl wow. generations later wearing it so it kind of right. had this little little bit of history that was meant to be you know that right that is the universe saying that was meant to be you know i th i think about you and uh, you and i because you and i've had a relationship ever since you began i would always go mm, i want to save my money got to buy a norma kamali you know i'm in i was in radio before i got into television so it was really unappreciated my my fashion but once i got into tv that is what I did. I can't, I've got a ton of your clothes in my closet and some laying here in the living room. But I remember when you started out, uh, the Farrah Fawcett, the, the, that one piece swims through the Farrah Fawcett wore iconic Norma Kamali. Your sleeping bag coats came out of necessity. That's a great story. Tell people about that one. Well, I, you know, I uh, was a real typical baby boomer going through the flower power period and 
going camping and uh, and spending time outside in 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 the environment that we were all sort of mm-hmm. communing together in. And we would go camping, and one night it was really really cold. And when you go camping, you go into the woods when you want to go to the bathroom. And mm. so I, I, the thought of getting out and getting out of my tent and out of my sleeping bag was too much. So I just grabbed my sleeping bag and I wrapped it around me and I went into the woods. And as I did that, I thought, I, I need to put sleeves on this. I need to make a coat out of it. And I took <laughs> I, and I took that very sleeping bag, and that was the first sleeping bag coat, and um, and I didn't waste any of it. I used the entire sleeping bag. So we talk about sustainability now, and the sleeping bag is actually mm-hmm. a great example of it because, first of all, the the from the first one, I used everything, so I didn't waste anything. I didn't throw away anything. But the sleeping bag coat is still made every year since the first one. We've never stopped making it. So it's not fashion and it's not, it's not just fashion. It's not just function. Different years and different times, it takes on a different purpose. And so that's sustainability in the, in another sense. So, um, so the sleeping bag does what it's supposed to do. It keeps you cold. It keeps you warm in the cold. Yeah, you're ahead of your time, that's for sure. So, you know, I have to tell you as a side note, I was watching the Studio Fifty Four documentary, and I saw you, and I went, "My gosh, you know, I feel like you and I have been together for a long time, and all the changes that happened throughout all the decades." And then it got me to thinking, "How did you get started?" Because you you never studied fashion, so how did you break into the biz? You know, Marilyn, I really wanted to be a painter, and my mother wanted me to make money so I could pay rent. And so um, <laughs> I, I decided that I needed to get some scholarships if I was going to do that because my mother was a single mom. And I was lucky to get a painting grant and scholarship, and I got a scholarship to FIT as well. And so I took a fashion illustration course at FIT. And when I graduated, and I I had an incredible instructor that was very, very supportive and really very strict and very demanding, but excellence was her game. And I felt confident when I went to my job interview that I would be able to get the job. I, I felt really good. And I walked into my first job interview in the in the garment center, and my uh, the person who was interviewing me was having he had his feet up on his desk, and he was eating a tuna sandwich, and he said to me, "Young lady, come here, put your portfolio down, come here and turn around for me." And all I could think of was. I don't, I don't get this. I don't know what this is about. And my mother's voice is, get a job, get a job. And I turned around and I was so humiliated and embarrassed that I did that. And, and I just picked up my portfolio and ran out with crying, literally. And I just told my mother I didn't get the job. So I, I decided to look in the New York Times and get 
a job at an airline because this is the early 60s. This is the 60s when airlines were just starting to be like the dream come true of being able to get on a plane and travel. And I wanted to travel. So I got a job in the office. Don't know how I did that because I have I still have no office skills. And um, and I traveled to London round trip uh, for $29 for four years every single weekend. <sighs> and I was there wow. when the, the 60s revolution started. I was right in the middle of it. And I found my love. And I realized I loved fashion. And I related more to... That the spirit of that time than I did to the madman um, feeling and look of matching handbags right, and hats right. and everything that was going on. In fact, the girls at FIT dressed that way. So I found wow. my, my medium. Very lucky. Very lucky, but so isn't it interesting how you had to go do something else before you found the next step. Hey, you're also an author. Your first book, I Am Invincible, that came out. People are talking. I love it. Uh, Tell us about the book for those that don't know and what you hope readers will take away from it. Well, I wrote wrote this book, I Am Invincible, is part of a mantra um, that I'm actually going to read to you because I think it describes the book. I am invincible when I feel empowered and when I'm healthy, I am strong. And then I can do all the things I need to do to reach the goals I need to reach in order to fulfill my big dreams that are as big as the world and as optimistic as my mind can imagine. I will age with power and influence change because I know my purpose And so this is a handbook for women. One, I wish, I'm sure you did too, wish that we had when we were younger. It's really best read Mm -hmm. by a 20-year-old so she can see what each of the decades have in store. But it's also the kind of book that you want to read as you're going through that particular decade. The premise of Aging with Power is really based on the fact that experience gives you knowledge, gives you confidence, and if you practice a healthy lifestyle with sleep, diet, and exercise, you can uh, you can feel good about yourself well into your 70s. I'm 75, and I'm I'm happy to be 75. I don't want to be 20 again or 30 or 40. We did that. That initiation is over. We don't do it twice, right? We just do it once. And, right. And you, and you really can benefit from all of the knowledge that you gather through, um, through the mm-hmm. transitions and the transformations of each of the decades. I so agree with you on that. Been there, done that. Let's move on. And I love the knowledge is power. And the food, the thing about food and sleep and taking care of, you know, you say like, by the way, this took two years for a normal to write this, this whole thing about eating well and sleeping and taking care. No, like you say, no makeup or anything can make you feel good inside. You have to, it comes from within. You got to take good care of yourself. Well, um, let's talk about astrology. And how an astrologer predicted that somebody was going to get married. 
Well, when I saw her, I was actually married. I got married at 19 and divorced at 29. And obviously, when you're a child and you get married as a child, it's unlikely that it will last forever. Um, but at the time, she she it was the first time I'd ever been to an astrologer, and she was so good. She knew so much about my childhood that nobody could know. And she was perfect about everything until she said that I was going to meet my soulmate at 65. And I said, no, I don't think that I, that can't be right. And she said, I'm rarely ever wrong. I'm going to, I'm right about this. And I was so upset. I thought, oh my God, I have to wait that long. And the interesting thing is, I wasn't ready to have a soulmate until I was 65. So I think that it, maybe she said that, but I also needed to be open to having a soulmate. And I think all of that came together and I actually did meet my soulmate at 65. You know, we're babies when we get married early. I, I kind of uh, mirror what you did. And the love of my life, I found at 58, that soulmates. So I hear what you're saying on that one. Uh, let's talk about this new home collection, Norma. Norma Life Home. When is that coming out? Well, um, you know, I've been um, playing around with this for a while. And we, we, are, we have so much going on. And with COVID... Um, everything was uncertain, what's going to happen, how's business going to be. But most of our business is um, through e-commerce accounts and our e-commerce. So we actually mm -hmm. are, are comfortable with where we are. So during that period of time, I thought so many of us are in the home and we're going to remain um, in the home. And I know that now I can actually work from home sometimes where I never thought I could do that. And other people are realizing the same thing. So I think mm -hmm. how we live and the comfort and the fun we have in our homes, very important. So I decided to launch the collection and we are starting with um, a pillow and I, I started with this pillow. It's, it's, a, it's 28 inches by 28 inches. It's a good size pillow. And it can be used, obviously, for rest and restoration. It's in a lot of fun prints. And you're wearing one of them. And the fun part of it is you can use it as a meditation pillow, a yoga pillow, Okay. You can wrap your arms around it and hug it because of the size of it. It actually is huggable, which we all miss. We haven't hugged our friends in such a long time. And uh, so I, I think the pillow is sort of a symbolic launch for the collection. And we That's start great. distributing it in June and then we'll keep rolling out different pieces from the collection and I was testing it this weekend um, outdoors. We've been, done several tests, but this weekend was a very rainy, crazy time weather-wise at the beach. And I just put it outside and said, let's see what happens. 
So the fabric is <laughs> um, is the fabric is actually a swimwear fabric, and it can if you can swim in a chlorine pool and do all the suntan lotion and everything else on a swimsuit, you know the fabric can really hold up under all conditions. So. I'm very excited that we'll be able to say it's indoor, outdoor. I love that. You know, you talked about missing hugging people. We're going to hug that pillow. And, you know, even though we're all working from home, in most cases, we do miss. Hug a hashtag, hug a pillow. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're going to get now a huge hug from one of our resident fashion stylists. He is a huge fan of yours. Lots of love coming from Canada. Here's how you've inspired him. Here we go. So who are some of my fashion icons and faves? Listen, um, there's so many people in fashion, but I absolutely love and adore Norma Kamali. Obsessed, absolutely love her. For those of you who don't know who Norma Kamali is, Norma Kamali is a designer that came out in the 70s with her first collection. She was such a trailblazer of what she did in so many different ways. She was kind of noted as the one bringing out the shoulder pad in the 80s. She did a lot of tech fabrics, which was really cool. She stuck to her truth, which I love. She um, always followed her gut and her direction. She never geared off. She um, never went public, never sold her business that way. She always wanted to be the head of her company. And I love that about her. I absolutely love the fact that she is that strength of a woman. And I also love so many other things that she's about right now and her evolution. And her clothes are comfortable and, and they're so stylish and so easy and effortless. And you always see the person in the clothes, which is really great. So how did I rediscover Norma Kamali? Well, it was during the pandemic. I was doing a segment for the show. And I ordered stuff from some single Wilshire, Jenny, who's the rep there that reps Norma Kamali in Canada, who are amazing, by the way. Norma, you should know this, they do such a great job. And they told me that she was releasing a new book and um, that I should check it out. So I ordered the book. I started reading the book. And the whole time I was reading the book, there were so many amazing things that she was talking about that I wanted to share it with. And I couldn't stop thinking about my nieces. And so I ordered three more copies. And inside I wrote to them, hi ladies, I ordered this book and as I was reading it, I couldn't stop thinking of all three of you. You may not know who Norma Kamali is now, but I'm hoping after you read this book that you will be inspired, influenced, or look at things with a different perspective. I never had the opportunity to have children, but I would hope if I had three girls like you, I would want them to be invincible. And then I sent that to them on Women's International Day. They all got it in the mail. What would I say to Norma if she was here? First and foremost, that you and I need to hang out. Secondly, I need to come to your, I think it's your Chelsea apartment that has those black and white beautiful striped chairs and just wear a black and white outfit and hang with you there. Thirdly, can we go see your acupuncturist together? <laughs> oh, Norma, he's such a huge fan. Norma, I'd like to introduce it. you to Peter Papadopoulos. There you go. And Peter, go take it away. You, you love it, Norma, as we all do. Go ahead. Hi, Norma. I am so excited to have this opportunity to get to speak with you and have this time together because you've been such an influence to me in fashion and the industry in general and to women. Like when I got that book, like I said, like I got into 40 pages in and all I kept on thinking was my nieces. So and they loved it. They were so surprised when they got it. And as I read it on the book, I was like, wow, this is really geared towards that. So it was it was such a great book. So thank you for that. Thank you so much because 
that's exactly what I want. I, I really love the idea of people sharing it with um, with young girls who were about to enter a life, a lifetime, and giving them a little bit of support and letting them know they're not alone in all of their adventures and transformations. So thank you for, for sharing it. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. They loved it. So uh, it's so good. But I have also a, a few questions for you. You know, one of them being on design, because of course, you know, it, the industry. And after doing so much design for so many years, how does one still get inspired and influenced to create a collection? Because nobody realizes how much work it takes to do one. And also now, where do you get the energy to do it? <laughs> well, um, I work out every day and I, I have a lot of energy. So, um, and I, and you know, Peter, I want more than anything to have a creative life and it just brings me so much joy. I still love making patterns. I feel sort of, I feel like I'm in a meditation when I make a pattern. So I use my work in so many ways to fulfill my purpose. And um, so that's the good part. The inspiration comes from just every day. If you, how can you not be inspired now from the, the COVID experience? If you just think about how incredibly powerful this once in a lifetime, hopefully, experience is, it's like a war or a big um, jolt reset to the globe. And have the, having that in mind and thinking about what that is doing to all of us um, gives you the ideas that can sort of support what's next. What do we do next? What do we need to do next? So that's why I did home and also the kind of clothes I'm doing. I also think um, we're, we're going to stay home, not permanently, but we've learned that balance, life balance is critical in all of our lives. So I, I really do believe we're going to end up with some hybrid of home work and we see that it works. So it, it doesn't have to go back to what was, but where we are going tells me that maybe we're not going to wear pajamas every day, day pajamas and <laughs> night <not>. pajamas, but <laughs> there'll be outdoor pajamas and there'll be the idea of comfort is really staying with us. I am having a very hard time looking at my heels and I love shoes that I've collected for years that I absolutely love, but I look at them and I think, no, not yet. I'm not ready for you. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> keep wearing my comfortable shoes. I'm wearing like my big old lug shoes. <laughs> my slides. I love them. I, I love them. They're big, big, big. They're like yeah. shoe tires. And they look great with joggers. <laughs> and so I'm not ready yet. And, um, and I think a lot of people feel that way. If you're so comfortable, why should you not be comfortable? So there's a lot of mm -hmm. new ideas that are 
creative, but comfort definitely has to continue to be a part of it. Peter, we have time for one more question. If you don't mind, we could, let's do it. All right. So I'm going to ask you a style question because I think, you know, I deal with this all the time. I dress a lot of real women, especially on this show. And I'm always giving them advice on how to create their own personal style and how much work that takes to do that. Is there any tips that you can pass on on cultivating your own style? The first most important thing is be your authentic self be know who you are and and get behind it and be your authentic self now your authentic self also has to be healthy so you have to be taking care of yourself self-love is really important and self-love means that you're making sure you're getting a good night's sleep that you're eating food that's nutritious and healthy and that you're you're doing some movement or workout every day if you're doing that and you stay true to who you are and you don't try to look like anybody else or be anybody else then whatever you like is going to look great on you because you've taken the time to put self-love into your agenda and that you care about how you feel and how you look and that's really the key then anything that you like that you put on is going to look good on you and i i think personal style is inherent in in all women especially in when you're a six-year-old little girl you know your style if you look at six-year-olds they're going to wear whatever they love. Whatever they right? want. They're, they already have a sense of that. And what happens is it's sort of a, a spirit that we each have inside of us that we have. Then it gets sort of played with because of what other people judge us by or what we think people will like us for or wearing instead of just staying true to what you really like and that's uh that's really so important when you try to look like somebody else you just look like you're trying to look like somebody works. else <laughs> that doesn't work it doesn't it doesn't work it never does peter when this when we you said yes norma kamali Peter was so excited, as was I and everybody else. <laughs> and honestly, we were so, we we're like, okay, what are we going to ask her? What are we going to do? I mean, we we could go on. I, I'm, I, I don't have a know. List. Peter, did you get through uh, <laughs> most of your questions? I did have one about the yam pudding because I was obsessed to find out more about it, but we could talk about that later. But I thought it was such an interesting concept. It's a pureed yam pudding. Yeah. So, so I do this and I, I do this with a couple of things. And so the, the the pudding is in the book, but uh, let me tell you about another very easy version of that. So if people have the book, they can see that recipe. But here's another one. You can take okay. um, two avocados, right? And you cut them up into a Nutribullet or, you know, a blender. And you cut up the yes. avocado, put that in. Then you put in frozen blueberries the same amount size in the and then you put another avocado okay. and then you put more blueberries and then you take oh. almond milk and you put the almond milk in and then you okay. put it in the blender 
and it turn it's like a creamy custard and it is so oh, yeah. delicious and you put frozen blueberries on top of that with some crumpled up walnuts and you have the super healthiest dessert you oh, can imagine and it's so yummy easy done it's so easy right <laughs> no no it's a no brainer so try it you will absolutely love I it will. and 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 I tell you something, you you won't you're gonna start craving it. You're not gonna crave the bad stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I have to tell you, there's so much more to talk to you about. Like, you know, like I said to you, when we were talking about Studio 54 at the very beginning, I'm thinking, I wanna know what it was like to be there because it looked like so much fun. Was it as much fun as it looked like it was fun? Was it great? Well, the the news is that um Ian and I were together during that period of time, but I never went to yeah. Studio 54. I never, ever went. Ah. I would go ah. before he would show me what he did for the parties. My clothes were there. My clothes were having a good time at Studio 54, but I was working. <laughs> I was working really hard. I was trying to get my business off the ground and I was sewing away and I was designing up a storm and I was starting to get a foothold in the, in, in my business. So I couldn't stay up late. No, you couldn't. Okay. So on that note, I'm going to tell everybody to watch the Studio 54 documentary. You can see that on Crave, which uh, it runs at here in Canada. But, okay, the last question I'm going to ask you is, who is the first person that you saw wearing your what whatever outfit that you put together, beautiful style, that you went, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Blank is wearing this. Who was it? Oh, my goodness. Way, 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 way back. I think probably I, I had a lot of rock and roll people like Sly from Sly and the Family Stone, but I also had Raquel <laughs> Welsh at the same time. So she was in 1967. She was she was a really good customer. She was wearing my clothes a lot. And I did a lot of custom clothes. I did all of her Oscar show. You know, whenever she appeared at the Oscars, I did all of her things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she was kind of, she is, for people who know who she is and remember, she was sort of this, this statue of what feminine beauty could be right mm -hmm. so it was gorgeous, really gorgeous. it was fun designing mm -hmm. for her clearly and she's such a perfectionist that you know she made it all work all the time well you make it work all the time i get emails from you every day norma kamali to tell me what's happening in the norma kamali sphere <laughs> <laughs> and I like I'll do I I'm doing the radio show and I went oh Norma Kamali just got a hold of me what's happening oh I can get that in yellow now that's fantastic and just so you know Peter and I are very good friends and I'm so happy for you Peter that we ordered the new coat right Peter for fall right we, we did. ordered the sleeping a coat bag. yeah yeah oh great we did oh, great we yeah we're so, so excited about that I'm so happy. Norma Kamali, thank you for being with us today. It was such an honor to talk to you. And for my friend Peter, I'm so thrilled for you, Peter. Thank you, thank you. This was a dream come true. Thank you, Norma, for taking the time. Oh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. That is a real love fest. I enjoyed every second of that. And that's the edited version. We really mean it, Norma. We love you. The book is I Am Invincible by Norma Kamali. Run out and get your copy. 
it's an awesome read. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 